Previously on Xenochat, Justin, David, Owen, and I discussed the various religious aspects to the Zeno series. And this is the conclusion to that discussion, and it picks up where we left off with our discussion with the Xenosaga series. Enjoy. Miracles. Um, mm. I don't know if you know anything about that at all. Well, miracles are like that's like that was the big thing about Jesus Christ, right? Like, um, like I I think they yeah. reference Jesus as like the miracle ma- as like a miracle man or something or miracle worker or something. Well, here's the thing. Um, so um, so it doesn't really so Jesus is in Xenosaga, but it doesn't really take a lot of like influence from the actual gospels. Yeah. Um. And, uh, so what Xenosaga is more interested in is actually Acts and, like, the founding of the first century Christian church and stuff like that. Alright, yeah. Um, so, um, in the book of Acts, the apostles, uh, are able to perform miracles similar to what Jesus was able to perform. Yeah, um, in the gospel that's attributed to their receiving of the Holy Spirit and, like, being able to actually go out and do the uh spread the good news which is the message of and that's like and so but like they do it through like they do it through like their hands like they like uh, i think peter like uh heals a lame man and uh like by like lifting him up and his like ankles are healed or whatever um but uh since you played xenosaga one uh you remember the scene where chaos uh touches the gnosis and the Gnosis just disappears. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, Chaos is, like, he's affiliated with Christ in some way. Right, like, he has the yeah. ability to perform those miracles. Yeah, he's... And I'm not yeah, sure. exactly sure, um, yeah, he's called that, but it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. In the, uh, is it? I know they use the word Yeshua in that. I think Yeshua's... They, they, they do use the word Yeshua, which is kind of yeah. weird because Yeshua is Jesus. Uh, it's yeah, it's another kinda. way you could say Jesus, but it's also a bunch of. I'm look. I looked it up earlier. It's like a, con, it's a common alternative to the name Joshua in later books, Hebrew Bible. It means like Jesus. Yeah, so it's weird. So yeah. I mean, again, I'm not, I, I'm not the best to uh, comment on this, but I always thought of like both Yeshua and Aaron, Chaos and Jesus as like the same being one being the physical person one being the spiritual figure yeah that's kind of how i interpreted it too when i first played it and but i remember being kind of confused um, for the same reasons you guys just stated uh it's it's confusing because um so there's a couple of things in some guidebooks i'm not really sure but i don't think they were the same person they are not yeah yeah they it's they definitely the way I understand it. Jesus Christ is seen as like the mouthpiece, and he's like the miracle worker. But the words are actually fed to him by Yeshua, um, mm. and that becomes Lamageddon. 
Yeah. Uh, which I always saw, like, yeah, the Limageddon is basically Xenosaga's analogy for, like, the written word. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, it's, it's interesting how they use that because, like you said, not everybody follows, you know, the written word, like, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? There, yeah, there's, so diff- it's like, there's different so, ways to so interpret in, it. So, yeah. in Xenosaga, the, the Limageddon gets lost in the UMN and they have to piece it back together. And so, it's like, it's like that thing where it's just, you know, time changes things. Yeah. You know? So it's just like the original meaning of the words were forgotten. It says that somewhere. Huh. Interesting. Uh, in, uh, it's, it's in either one of the Xenosaga lore books or it's in the database. I can't remember which one. But it says that uh, the original meaning of Yeshua's words were forgotten. And, uh, but basically, that's Xenosaga's analogy for, like, the written scripture. And that's the thing about, like, for that's why Xenosaga, like, appeals to me. Like, it feels, like, very, like, tangible. Sure. Like, all that stuff. Um, but... I, think, I mean, like, there's all this... Like, me playing Xenosaga last was, like, also a conscious choice because I knew that there was so much extra supplementary work and I'd never get to Gears at that point. <laughs> so having See, that that is the thing about Saga is that it is definitely the hardest Xeno game to piece together. Yeah. Like well, that's that's fun for me, so all fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it and that's that I mean it has been all fun. I I had I've had a blast with it, but like like there's a bunch of stuff that I've read that people have said but I don't really think is true. Like the uh, identity of Wilhelm. Like, mm. they kind of see him as some sort of historical figure, but there's nothing that says that. Uh, it's mostly, I believe that I, I, I can't remember, I've only seen Meek's videos on this. It said that, I think there's say somewhere that it was Wilhelm that's, that crucified Jesus Christ, and so a lot of people assume that he assumed the role of, Julie, see, but, of Julius Caesar. See, but it doesn't really say that. It doesn't? Huh. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that anywhere. And huh. so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where people got this idea from, like, Wilhelm's identity. Because it says that Wilhelm has existed for as long as Yeshua and Christ. Right. But it doesn't say... They're mortal that, beings, so... Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't say that uh, Wilhelm crucified Christ. So, like, he... I mean, he could be Roman. I don't know if he is or not, but, like, there's nothing that, like, explicitly states yes. Like, I mean, if if you want, you could also like make him Nero, but <laughs> yeah, uh, he could be he could be anybody. He's just a he's just a force, and so like that's why he's like seen as like Satan most of the time. Yeah, uh, because he's just you know he's he's uh, he's the he's the schemer, the yeah the one who who does things behind the shadows. Yeah, and you don't really see that much of him until like the very end, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah. but strikes me as know. an inter- strikes me as an interesting character. Well, yeah, he he's interesting, but he doesn't like he doesn't get like that much backstory or anything because he's more like a being. Than well, a- isn't well to kind of go into like philosophy? Isn't he also kind of seen as like uh, Nietzsche's interpretation of like the Overman as well? Yeah, 
Hmm, I've, I've heard that as well. That is one thing I've not but looked yeah. into. I will have to, like, again, I've, I still, like, I've done all this stuff in such a short amount of time, but I still have so much more. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. De- uh, definitely read uh, Thus Spoke Zarathustra. I think that's where Nietzsche kind of goes into the, 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 the topic of the overman. I'll probably read and all, then, th- I'll probably read at least both Z- uh, Zarathustra and uh, The Will to Power. Both looks. And, yes. And then the, um, the Testaments can be seen as, like, the horsemen. Yeah, I knew about uh, that, like the, the horseman yeah, of the apocalypse. Yeah. D- doesn't um doesn't chaos make like a quote about the horse or maybe he, I'm not. He does in but he makes it in reference to the URTVs um in episode 2 he says something about the the uh, can't even remember what he says uh something about I know famine is a word in the sentence, but I don't know the sentence that he said. Well, one of the horsemen represents famine, so... Yeah, mm. but uh, it's it's interesting uh, because... Uh, it's interesting because Albedo ends up being a testament as well, so... Well, I mean, the, uh, word, the word testament, like, the, we first think about it as, like, Old New Testament, but really, it yeah. testament really means covenant, and covenant means agreement, and so I think... The reason why they become testaments is because they make an agreement with Wilhelm, right? It is. Right. Because they right. they need something from him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, it's mostly speaking like the contractual sense where, I mean, you could also say that's like making a deal with the devil if you wanted, but, uh. Yeah. That's, mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I interpreted it, you know, when I played it the first time. Um. Yeah. Um. Uh, also, Nephilim is a thing. Yeah. Saga, but I don't know too much. Really, I don't know too much about really. them. I just remember that they're mentioned in the first book of Genesis, <laughs> like the offspring uh, of angels. They, they're from the yeah. book of Enoch. Um, they're all yeah. Their book of they're, Enoch. They're also mentioned in a single chapter in Genesis as the offspring of angels, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, it? that's what they are. Are they the offspring of angels and humans? Yes. Or... Yeah. Human, okay. Uh, angels and human women. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a uh, when when men became to multiply on earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of heaven saw how beautiful the daughters of man were, and so they chose for their wives as many of them as they chose. Then the Lord say, "My spirit shall not remain in man forever, since he is but flesh. His day shall comprise of a hundred twenty years." At that time, the Nephilim appeared on earth, as well as later, after the sons of heaven had uh, intercourse with the daughters of man, who bore them sons. They were heroes of old and the men of renown. That's literally all that is in Genesis. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind of interesting because Nephilim was born a human, but she exists within the imaginary domain. So it's, it it kind of connects. Yeah. I, I yeah. See it. For sure. Also, the song of Nephilim, which I don't fully understand. <laughs> you'll, I just, you'll it's it's yeah you'll figure it out I think. It's like it's also it's like a literal song, but it's also like a part of like proto Merkaba and. Yeah, it's kind of a place. Yeah, too. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, before we move on to Xenoblade, I think we, I mean, we definitely feel like we should talk about, you know, Cosmos being Mary Magdalene. Yeah, or... that's uh, a pretty clear. So, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, right. uh, so Xenosaga uses Cosmos, uh, Mary Magdalene as like two beings where Telos is her body and Cosmos is her spirit, right? So, yeah. Right. Yep. Right. 
Yeah, um, Mary Magdalene is a very prominent figure in the Gospels. She's kind of like this, um, I think she's first encountered as like, uh, like she's like seen as a sinner and a lot of people like, uh, she like kind of serves Jesus and a lot of people are like, why would you let this sinner do this, uh, do this to you? But she, uh, Jesus shows her a lot of compassion. Uh, Mary Magdalene was one of the people who saw the angels at the tomb, I believe. Um, if I'm, I'm, I need a, I'm looking into the gospel right now. I believe that's correct though. Um, you can talk stuff if you want. <laughs> oh, I, well, I was wondering, like, because in Zenosaga, they make a, a big point of the, the maiden of Mary Magdalene, Magdalene being a, such a prominent character, but I, that's I not mean, really the same in the religion, religious uh, sense, is it? Well, uh, well, there's, there's, you have to understand that there's, a, there's two Marys. There's the mother of Jesus, uh, Mary. Yeah. Right. Um, she's the, she's the virgin. She's, uh, that's where Zohar gets its name, Marian Kint, a uh, child of Mary. Um, mm. And there's Mary Magdalene, who's one of Jesus' disciples, um, and one of the more important uh, female figures in the not the Gospels. Uh, I don't believe there was a maiden, but I could be wrong. I, Mary Magdalene, I think, is a Xenosaga invention to uh, include Chion in the story. Yeah, um, yeah. There is real, there, there's not there's yeah, like there's, an actual connection or maiden. Yeah, there's but, not an actual maiden. I don't think because they because oh, okay. the Gospels very much is like it's definitely. Um, the Gospels are definitely, like, it's, uh, um, Jesus is the focal point, and, like, there's, he passes on, uh, there's this idea called an apostolic succession where, um, he passes his, like, his, like, he passes the keys to the kingdom to Peter, who passes on, who becomes the first pope, and those are passed down to the popes, and this is how Ormus is still enduring after thousands and thousands of years because of apostolic succession. Um... I'm glad everyone is learning new words today. <laughs> I definitely am. Yeah, if I've been silent, it's because I've been like looking them up as you guys find them, and I'm like looking at them. like no joke. I've just been I have so many tabs open of just random stuff you guys have been saying. Are you confused? <laughs> <laughs> if you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, this is all good stuff though. This is what I wanted. This is why I'm here. I wanted to hear all this stuff. Yes, I. I don't uh, know a lot of it, but yeah. Yeah, I am an eager listener right now. I cannot really <laughs> add much myself either. No, it's it's definitely okay. Like I'm like this is the first time I've ever talked about this. You know, to to get so get the chance is kind of really nice. Get it all. I've talked Xenoblade <laughs> with my priest, but I haven't really talked Gears or Saga with anyone. Uh, my, my priest uh, at my school, um, he's played all three Xenoblade games, so that's gonna be. Uh, he's a great person to talk to about this stuff. Oh wow! I would have never expected a priest to be like into those. Games. Oh, he's just—he just likes playing video games. He's like played Final Fantasy VII. He's wow. played all these RPGs. It's kind of funny. Um, that, that's amazing. I've never met a priest that's been into video games. He's—he's he's, he's a younger. He's—he's really he's a, he's a younger guy. He was—he um, was ordained just a couple years ago, but he's really good. <laughs> he also right. moderates the Dungeons and Dragons club at our school. So, you know, that kind of—that <laughs> nice. kind of tells you what kind of person he is. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh. And I just I just opened up Luke. Uh. Gospel of Luke in it. Yeah. So Mary Magdalene, uh, jo- Joanna, and uh, Mary, the mother of James, uh, and the others who accompanied them. Also. So like those are the people who saw the uh, resurrection. Like the uh, yeah, the, 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 the stone rolled away. The angels. And... The witnesses. Yeah. The witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. 
and okay. it's it's interesting how like it's how like there's a lot there's predominantly women who saw it um like there's there are definitely like women definitely have a place in the bible i just um just kind of interesting stuff i kind of wish that the way Sigan saga played out we got to see more because there are flashbacks to yeah like christ and chaos mm-hmm. and mary and stuff like that but we don't really see any sort of like interaction most of the time there's no dialogue pretty sure there isn't any like what we um, actually like what we actually saw was like we roughly got almost i think we almost got like in the original plan i think we almost got to episode three i think or something like that so yeah and uh it's it would be nice if uh saga and gears were connected but i kind of it's it's not yeah well, I mean yeah, that—that's my—that's that's my current project. <laughs> Linking all the games together. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. There, I'll be, I'll sure, I'm sure I'll be taking a lot of creative liberties, but there's there's a lot of contradictions. Like uh, the biggest the biggest sticking point right now is how able is how able is the terminal of Udo in Saga, but then also a mortal man in Gears. So. Mm-hmm. The yeah, it's kind of like... different too. Well, the, well, um, I reconcile that because in Gears they actually modify the Zohar physically, like they act, that's they embed Kadamity into its eye. Um, so they actually change yeah. they change the, the like they actually do work on the Zohar in Gears. So yeah, the, the like the the roles of like uh, Abel and uh, Ellie are kind of flipped in Saga with Abel and Nephilim. Yeah, but it, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's interesting, at least. Yeah, um, I mean, but there's still like a decent argument you could say that Blade is linked to Saga. Blade is linked to Saga, at least. So that would be an interesting like episode or something to, to discuss how we could do that. Even though I know it's kind of a taboo subject to bring up sometimes because you know, people man, that would be one of the most controversial episodes we ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so people and we're talking would be religion like, no, here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, under, I understand that, but I'm, I'm, for from what I've read and stuff so far, I definitely have the opinion that Gears and Saga are pretty separate. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, I'd like them to be connected in some way, but like you know, yeah, there. I mean, obviously, you have like some of the same ideas that are being shared, and there are parallels, but they're very much their I, own. I, I put things. a thing in the uh, in um, Lugalban's uh. uh Xeno server um, that you guys should check out. It's um, it's talking about like how all Bungie's universes are like projections from this universal uh, entity created by the creators. And the reaction is, I don't know what's more upsetting: the fact that you uh, redis- uh, you have reinvented Gnosticism, or you think that Bungie is God. And it's like, or you could think of it like this way: Bungie is like this God is a you could call it a studio. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's just why everything is similar because this studio has cl- has creative ideas. <laughs> yeah, just relate that to Monolith and you have it perfect. Um, yeah, exactly. Now yeah, this is this has been very enlightening for uh, someone who's looking forward. Uh, the next two games I want to purchase are the first Persona game and then uh, Xenosaga Episode Two. I'll probably do Xenosaga first, but which Persona? Like which version? Uh, of PSP. One? Okay. I know okay. there's Good. like music problems with that, but I want to at least try the Snow Queen quest at some point. So. Right. Right. Anyway. Well. Well. Good luck finding uh, Xenosaga Episode Three when you when you get around to that. I'm <laughs> just gonna have to. 
Ooh, that's I'm, I'm just gonna have to exploit my luck. Um, I've had ungodly luck with some of this stuff. Like, <laughs> like um, mm. I've already said, like I just find Xeno, uh, like a copy of Xenoblade when it's at its height, um, just that's... sitting at like a decent price in like a GameStop, and then like I found Black Label Xeno Gears also at a pretty decent price, and I've just I've had kind of ungodly luck with this kind of stuff. So, oh, <laughs> watch another. Him. Watch them go to like a thrift shop and then find like freaking the lenticulars in Osaka three for like five cents. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, <laughs> like like if you want to know how how stupid my luck is, um, when I was pre-ordering the Switch, um, I also tried to pre-order the Zelda Special Edition, and they said we don't have any more to give away. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then they realized there was a glitch in their computer system, and they actually had more to give away than they thought oh. they did. And I was at the counter oh when that did, so I just got I got it. <laughs> oh my god. So, ungodly luck. Let's go. I'm telling you, he's gonna find a lenticulars in Osaga Three. It's gonna be dirt cheap. Yep. I've got the yeah, I've got the lenticulars. So, <laughs> oh man, I never got that one. I'm so jealous. Um, okay, is there anything else uh, Zen Osaga wise uh, we we need to discuss? Probably, but <laughs> well, yeah, there's so it's much, always... and th- but this is the one I know the least about, so I can only say so much. Uh, um. I yeah. did actually want to bring up one more thing, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, um, this is kind of linking to the Eternal Recurrence, but it just, I find it, like, the way that the Eternal Recurrence is per- portrayed in Xenosaga is very interesting. So, the, mm-hmm. so, Z- the Eternal Recurrence is a, uh, is obviously, it's a, something that's been in philosophy since antiquity, so, like, bef- like, I think it was, like, Greek or Roman or something like that, and Nietzsche brings it up in some of his works as well. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also um, there's a uh, uh, there's also you could um, but none of the eternal recurrence arguments that I've seen or at least may, I just haven't looked deep enough they really they don't none of them really reference the purpose of God in all of it it's just like this idea that everything will repeat because the universe is infinite and thus we are infinite and so we'll reincarnate like ourselves infinite number of times um, there's um, something called the cosmological arguments and these were kind of first started by a St. Thomas Aquinas, who's a uh, Catholic philosopher, and he basically uh, he created these four proofs for God's existence and said that um, like, uh, for example, the one about cause and effects, uh, everything is an effect, and every effect must have a cause, and you can't have an infinite amount of causes, you can't have an infinite amount of causes, or else you have an, uh, what's called an uh, infinite regress, which is, uh, in a chain of reasoning, the evidence for each point on the chain relies on the existence of something that came before it. So you go back and back and in, into infinity, and in you can't really have that, or else we it's it just wouldn't really work um, because we know that like the universe started from a singularity, um, mm. and so uh, he pos- he uh, Aquinas says well he wrote many proofs about the existence of God. This is just four of his. Um, he said that like the start original starting point is the God, but um, a lot of cr- people criticize it, saying like this shows like a more colder God, which I guess that would definitely represent Udu because he's definitely like a colder, like just more f- like logical fascination. He doesn't really have. Yeah, that. it's it's not like. Yeah. Yeah. Very passive. Yeah, very passive. Mm. There's not really see that Xenosaga is kind of different in the than the rest of the Xeno games in the, in the sense that, like, the world itself doesn't really have an origin story. Yeah. Like, as it exists. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, occur- I, I just, like, I think Eternal yeah. Recurrence, like, in the game is, like, an opposite version of what the Infinite Regress is saying. 
um, where it's like the reason why we eternal recur is because it um, if we didn't the world would be destroyed and like the upper domain would sever its connection with the lower domain to to preserve itself. So I feel like that maybe like unintentionally that is a parallel you could draw. Um, it just I was re I was going to a lot of Catholic philosophy yesterday because I'm me and uh, that was I one thing. I can't really quite remember what happens. Um... With the uh, power of animus and like the dissipation of the universe, uh, I'm not really sure what happens to the upper domain in that. Uh, the upper I can't domain, really remember, the upper, in theory. So the way I, how I understand it is, in theory, the upper domain would be destroyed as well. But there are fail safes installed. I think, I think the animus is one of them that would sever the connection. So it would just be the lower. It would just be the lower domain that would suffer. I know that chaos, chaos is also a fail safe. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's 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 the I think I think chaos rep is that plays that role. I think uh, he is. Mm. Mm. Um. But yeah. Uh. Like it. I did think that was kind of interesting. Like Xenosaga doesn't have like an origin. Like for ha for like the the world that the characters live in is just uh you know the future of what's supposed to be us. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, like... Uh, I mean, it's like that in Xenogears, but, like, there's actually, like, an origin story for, like, the planet. Yeah. And stuff like that. And... I do... Like, it's I, kind of... And I, it's kind I, of, like, a new beginning, too. I do Gears, like... But. I do like how in Saga, how uh, the Zohar is found... Is... Um, at least, I think, in, in Gears, the Zo Zohar is, like, the origin of all life. Um... um I like how in Saga you find it in Africa, where humans are expect are thought to originate from, like before we kind of like spread out and populate the rest of the earth. That's yeah, what, that's sort of that's a that's definitely like a two thousand one thing. Yeah, I know it's it's yeah. definitely it's definitely two thousand one, but I just I still like that idea. Like it's in Africa where humanity is evolutionarily supposed to originate from. Yeah, that, yeah, it does kind of yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah, I've always found that kind of cool. Um, let's see. I also, uh, I also find it interesting that, um, uh, trying to think here to make sure that I say this correctly, but there's not really a hell equivalent. There's not really a hell <laughs> in any of the Xeno games, really. Um, um kind of... yeah, yeah, there's not really a hell. So that's kind of an interesting thing to think about yeah, as well. I never like thought the, of that. The only wow. portrayal of the afterlife really is... Like, there, there are upper domains, and people are always right. trying to get to the divine, but there's never a... There's never a well, hell. There's I never guess like the... Inverse. Yeah. Well, like, I, I guess the, uh, like the, the beach of nothingness is kind of like limbo, or... Yeah. It's, not, uh, it's some type of right. interpretation of a, an afterlife, kind of, but... Yeah. Right, but that's kind of an interesting point that there's never, like, a hell or any kind of, I guess, a punishment for being evil. Nor is there really a heaven either, really. Yeah, there, no, uh, I yeah. mean, there's not really a heaven, but, like, people, like, there's also, there, there, there's just, there's, like... There's higher planes of being, but there's no heaven. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's kind and, of really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought of that. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Like, think about it now, wow. It'd be, I, well, isn't that... I'd like, oh, to, I'd like to see Xeno tackle purgatory in some time where it's like this idea that before you go into heaven, you have to be purified. 
that's what the Beach of Nothingness feels like, actually. Um, because it's like... It's like a it's like a mental state sort of thing. Yeah, and like yeah, that's it's, where like that's where Cherenkov has to like reconcile with himself, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Xion in episode three as well, if it visits the beach of nothingness, because Cherenkov says, "Hey, you're gonna find yourself here sometime." We didn't actually get to talk about that in the Xion episode, and I kind of am disappointed about that. But yeah, <laughs> um, uh, the beach of nothingness does make a return in Xenosaga three, and Sweet. it's a thing. I, I I remember being moved by Cherenkov's last words and like his story. Oh, so that yeah. the, the beach of nothingness is a very symbolic place. So you can definitely yeah I I yeah, I could definitely see like how he has to he has to very much come to terms with because he's like gone through all like these uh, personality reconditioning and stuff like that and he kind of has to come to mm-hmm. terms with who he really was and stuff like that and like kind of go away from like all the lies that people and himself he told himself and stuff like that and really like take himself at face value. I guess that could be seen as, like, a purification process of a person. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, the Gnosis, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, the Gnosis are people who reject the singularity of the collective unconscious, so... Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's a lot thing, I think. Uh, the Pillar of Salt thing. Uh, from... Uh, yeah, I, I know I know what you're talking about, but I don't understand what the parallel that you're trying to draw. Uh... Like, when, uh, they kind of, like, went back, they backpedaled, you know? Well, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know the, I know the story, but I don't, like, what are you trying to say in the context of the, the, the game? The game? Yeah, like, like, you... like, people become pillars of salt in that oh. game. Oh. Did I just miss... When they're touched, by... when you're touched by the Gnosis. Oh. Yeah, when you're touched by the Gnosis. Oh. Well, yeah, like yeah. Going, we're going into spirit form, you know. Yeah. Okay. But. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe I just miss um, misinterpreting. I just assume that like they were assimilated into the spiritual realm or whatever. But maybe that's different. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't like always happen. It's kind yeah. of yeah, because it yeah. depends. Because sometimes if you're touched by gnosis, you also become a gnosis. Or if you're Shion, nothing. If you're really Shion, happens. nothing happens <laughs> at all. But I think that might be because of her special relationship with you. Yeah. And um. Like, it's not really super explained, but, like, I guess you can kind of draw that conclusion because she does have a very unique relationship to Udu compared to every other character because Udu yeah. actually is able to speak to her mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, yeah. All right. I got nothing left to say about Xenosaga. That's about as much as I can think of. Okay. David, can you think of anything? Uh-huh. Or? Well, for the sake of time, we should probably <laughs> go to Xenoblade. That's, that, that's true. All right, let's move on to Xenoblade, because definitely I want to hear more about this, because I, I know that I've heard that... I don't, I don't know if it's... Because I've I heard, like, depending on... Like, ugh, I can't talk. But, um, <laughs> like, with Nintendo, they... I know they've, like, changed... Like, during the translation process, they've kind of taken out some of the religious references or some, it, it makes it, it more well, it's so weird it's, it's weird because mm-hmm. um in Z- like Xenoblade 2 there's they remove they they remove a reference but they also in turn but what they replace it with is a completely different reference will um yeah because it's it mostly so uh in Xenoblade 2 um the uh Antos is actually called I have it written down uh it's called uh, Uesia in the Japanese version, and those are two completely different concepts, even though they have similar roots. 
Oh. Yeah, so, um, and if anything, uh, okay, but do we want to go through Xenoblade 1 first? There's not a... Yeah, let, yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's start there. Yeah, let's start there. So, uh, this is, honestly, this one has the clearest interpretation of what the, uh, the Gnostic, uh, linear path is so like Zanza is the demiurge Sophia is meant to, uh well Sophia is meant to be interpreted by Maynath and Alvis is the monad the uh the the, sing- the singular existence that I didn't mention this before the monad is a very passive being like he doesn't really care what goes on in the material world he just is yeah um, that's very that yeah so that that's, describes that's Udu, Alvis perfectly that, that's Udu and Alvis and the wave existence just to a T um yeah um there's a there's not a ton like Xenoblade is much I I Xenoblade is much more a story about this uh, so like obviously uh actually I'll, I'll go with it, but Xenoblade is much more grounded it's uh the they don't introduce the higher concepts until the the final act of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a couple things so uh the mon like so the the Monado is the the most obvious one uh that comes from the word Monad um I. I use the term monad in terms of Gnosticism, but there's actually a couple other interpretations of it, mostly to do with philosophy. The first one is, um, in Greek philosophy, the monad is seen as, like, the the indivisible, like, one that can, like, it's the fabric, it's what the universe is made out of. It's the the, the central base element of what the universe is made of. Uh, this is ether in the Xeno, the Xeno series. Um, and because... Dark you know, particles. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah. So, and the, when the Monado, you're you, you're literally bending the universe to your will using the fabric of the universe, which is kind of a fun uh, interpretation of it. And then there's also relates relates to a, a branch of philosophy uh, called Li- uh, I believe the character the person who made it is Leibniz or something. Um, this is another thing on Meeks' channel, but it's called Monadology. <laughs> I'm gonna have a bunch of videos to look up after this. Oh no! Just like just look up Meeks' channel and like okay, you'll spend like. You'll spend a good if you want. You'll have to go if you want to go through all of them. It'll take a day or something like that. There's like they're hour they're they're like hour long video essays about what's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, but the monadology uh, uh, is like this idea that there's like a god monad and he has created like this, this predestination thing where everything is set um, in a in an order. Um, the the analogy that he uses is. Um, you're like in an MMO. You're uh, t- you talk to NPCs that represent other players, but they are not themselves the players, just because that's how it is. That's how like in Leibniz's view, the universe is portrayed. Like everyone is like isolated, every um, and they interact with each other in a predestined way. It's really it's 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 a really hard concept to grasp that I can't do justice just explaining it like this. Um, but monadology is definitely a thing, and. Uh, all th- and all three of them, the monad of the Greek philosophy, monad of the uh, Gnosticism, monad of monadology, they all apply to the monado. Hmm. Wow. And then there's also uh, Yaldabaoth, uh, the name of Egil's mechon. Um... And he, yeah, as I mentioned, Yaldabaoth is one of the names of the Demiurge. Uh, specifically, so the Demiurge has a bunch of different names. I think like one of them is Soclus, and Yaldabaoth is the one that you hear the most often. Uh, Yaldabaoth, I believe, translates somewhat to as one who wants to become God. So in Egil's case, this makes sense because um, he literally takes the place of Maneth and like ascends to himself to become a God, right? Right. 
like in the most physical sense that you could possibly have in that <laughs> universe because everything is god basically <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like xenoblade one is probably the lightest on the uh religious illusions um but that's i kind of thought that cross was really well i mean well there's there's there's, there's side quests in cross that uh or yeah X that... the side quests yeah kind of yeah there's the church and yeah the I um well um but yeah well, I think it oh, go go no you Sorry. go no you go you go you go please I've talked too much well no I, no I think um well because I think Justin mentioned this uh in an episode or something but it's like the kind of the best parts of the plot are through the side quest in Xenoblade X oh no yeah that's that's rip. almost certainly for true I like I really like Lau he's my favorite character but. Um, other than that, the plot does not have significance. Um, I also, like, just side note, you guys mentioned that, uh, Elma is, like, the, uh, protagonist of that game. I personally disagree. I think there really isn't a protagonist, because the main theme is, like, human- humanity has to kind of, like, live in coexistence, because they're the only ones left. And so it's really much more a story about humanity as a whole, rather than any particular person. And that's why Cross is, like, super uninvolved, because he's just one cog in the great machine. Anyway, that's a whole discussion for another thing, but... No. Yeah, but uh, no. That's a good point. I just want to offer my two cents on that. But um, right. I also just don't think Elma's a particularly interesting character. But that's just me. <laughs> but I think that's also a big problem with how Cross is written in general. Because like when people talk about like protagonists for Cross, it's really for like the main story. Like, and I think I made this point before that the weirdest thing about Cross is. Hey, you have the main story and the side quest. It's almost like two completely different stories in a way because of like how it's structured is completely different. The side quest is more what you're saying about how we're all kind of just working together. We're all just cogs in one giant thing. You got a lot more of that in there, but for the main story, um, not as much. It's like they're kind of trying to do a bit of both. And, and it's clear that like Elma kind of gets a little bit more spotlight. So that's kind of why a lot of people kind of just associate her as the lead character. I just get I just get so mad at X showing all this stuff at the end and then not really elaborating on any of it. That's well, yeah, like I I think um, <laughs> from what I understand, X was a re- like X's script was supposed to be a lot more in depth, like to be similar to a novel, but um, that they, they had to change a bunch of stuff, like because for because they made the project too ambitious or something. Um, right. And so they cut that down sucks. they cut down a lot of the story. They made Cross a mute and they made him. Uh, made cross a mute and they made him like a customizable protagonist and they also added the knop on so and wasn't uh l originally supposed to be like a, a villain character or i it... haven't read anything on that particularly but i know like i know that like i think um like uh Celica was supposed to play a bigger role um, oh yeah. There's a lot of line. There's line, yeah. actually lines in the files of X that say like um, her that have interactions with her and Lau, even though you have to get Celica after Lau leaves the party. Right, and it's weird because like Celica, she's kind of like brought up to be a lot more than she actually is. It's like really blatant that they meant to do she's more. She's a member with her. of the clue. Yeah. She's a member of the clue, which is where the uh, the Treon barrier comes from. In the the force field that yeah. surrounds the lifehold. Um, X actually, uh, yeah, so just real quick, wrapping up Xenoblade 1, there's a lot of, like, ideas of, um, 
so Shulk kind of attains enlightenment in that, where he he becomes the closest, like he gained, like Faye does this too. Um, I don't know too much about Shion, but they uh they gain like a spiritual enlightenment where they ascend past the demiurge, and that's kind of like their harmony, right? Um, with everything, and uh, Shulk like rejects becoming a divine being and just being him, and that's perfectly reasonable. Um, Shion rejects eternal recurrence. Yeah. Um, in the end, but. I don't know. I don't think it's 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 not this. It's not quite the same. Xenosaga sim- Xenosaga simultaneously has the most gnostic elements, but the least gnostic plot points. It's weird. Like it's just like every like there's a lot of stuff that runs counter to uh, gnosticism, but whatever. Um, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, so like they like in like uh, Alvis mentions like how uh, he cr- uh, how Zanza and Maneth created life in their own image, which is obviously a reference to a uh, the um the uh, the Bible and how God created humans mm. in His own image. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean like it's like it Xenoblade One is very much its own self-contained story, but it's a complete story, so I really appreciate it for that, and it it offers a bunch of different philosophy that isn't really religiously tied, but it just has different re- philosophies tied to it, like um. The uh, the apocrypha generator. Well, apocrypha is a term in religion showing, saying, speaking for uh, scriptures that are no longer considered canon in the uh, Bible or really the religion that you choose. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I, okay. So um, no, I, I get what you're saying. The apocrypha. That's like. I don't. I don't have too that's much. Like, of, that's like Enoch and some of the scrolls, right? Yeah, like there's stuff like that. Well, there's also um, <laughs> which is kind of funny actually because I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if the Dead Sea Scrolls are mentioned in Xenosaga also, but like they do find scripture in a cave, <laughs> and written in ancient Aramaic, yeah. Yeah. very specifically ancient Aramaic because. Uh, Junior's like, isn't this ancient Aramaic? It's like, how do you know ancient Aramaic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've seen that cutscene. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's yeah. Uh, I mean, if you like, apocrypha is um, like uh, analogy is like the the gospel the, the 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 Bible has Maccabees one and two, but there's also a Maccabees three, four, and I think five that uh, are considered non-canon, and those are the apocrypha. Um, another interpretation of apocrypha that is um is the extra gospels so there were four gospels written and these are the canon ones so these are matthew mark luke and john um but there's also a bunch of other gospels uh that are considered apocrypha some of them just because they weren't popular and so they kind of just fell out of favor and they're they're not wrong they're just nothing like that like these are the four that became the most popular but also some of them are wrong there's a there's a subsect of the apocrypha called the gnostic gospels and this isn't speaking about gnosticism but more about gnostic meaning coming from the word gnosis meaning spirit uh, and from that, it, the big thing is that um, a lot of the, the Gospels um, want to emphasize, especially Mark, um, but Luke and Matthew do this a lot too, and to some extent John, um, they emphasize Jesus' humanity. So um, Catholics believe that Jesus is 100% mortal and 100% divine at the same time. Um, it's a mystery how that works, but... Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard concept to grasp, but one of the biggest things we need to understand uh as catholics is the idea that jesus did indeed suffer on the cross because he is as much human as he is divine um but these gnostic gospels um 
which uh, again means knowledge of spirit, implies that Jesus is 100% spiritual, and so he didn't feel pain. Um, which is wrong. Which is wrong. And also, there's a bunch of other problems with them, like they like they claim to be written by people who they clearly weren't, and there's a bunch of other stuff. But that's a brief overview of the Gnostic Gospels that don't really have any direct relation. But that's another way you could see, like the Apocrypha, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like again, one honestly has like the least references. It's very much its own thing. Um, and as I said, there's really there's a lot of philosophy there. It's just a lot less religion. Okay, but see, and that's okay. the thing about like Xenoblade X. Like, it's just like I kind of felt like there was like less spirituality in that game, in general. Yeah, there's um. Well, I mean, uh, so like there's there are side quests, and I understand that, but it's not. There's also um, but the entire the entirety of chapter twelve is like, kind of like that actually, where um, like chapter eleven, chapter twelve, like deal with a lot of like e- like chapter eleven is very much like an ethical like, debate type thing with, like, Lau debating with Elma about, like, who should have made it on their white whale and, like, whether yeah. what was, was true. And then, like, chapter 12, like, offers, like, do we have, like, the right to recreate our life? Because, um, like, like there's difference between, like, the God-given bodies and something that we create artificially. Um, actually, uh, for my second playthrough of Xenoblade Chronicles X, I named my character Gnosis, uh, meaning <laughs> knowledge of the spirit. And then um, I, my entire backstory revolved around what I had known about my first playthrough about like the Earth Life Colonization Project, and I integrated him into that story. Um, huh. So it was it was kind of cool. Um, uh, but X in general is just like um, there's they use like they use uh, they even like name drop Noah's Ark as like the uh, as a direct reference to like how humanity escaped. Exodus, like, Project Exodus is, like, reference yeah. to ex- Exodus in the Bible, which is, um, Exodus, like, uh, it's, like, where the, this is the story of, like, Moses, where the Hebrews left Egypt in their Exodus to find the promised land of, uh, um, which would become Israel. Um, which is actually kind of a thing in Xenosaga, too, like, the, uh, yeah, the idea of Ormus. Jerusalem. Yeah, or, yeah, Ormus trying to go back to Lost Jerusalem, where it's, like, uh, yeah. because, like, after, after a certain point, uh, the Jews were, uh, um, I think the word is diaspora. They were, um, they were kind of like, they were sent out, like they were kind of rejected from their homeland. So they spread across the world, but like they have this idea of like, they want to return to their homeland. And so that's mm. kind of like what Ormus is bringing yeah, back. The immigrant fleet and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. And the bloodline of the Zohar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, all and that uh, stuff. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and like that goes into world war two where like after world war two, Israel was established and all these people separated from the diaspora could return to their homeland. So, that that's caused all kinds of problems, but this is pl- this is religious, not political. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also that like L's full name is like an anagram of Lucifer, which like he he does have like the horns, right? Yeah. I don't know too yeah. much about L. I can only assume he just must have played a bigger role. Yeah, I, I wish he had played a bigger role. Well, I wish a lot of characters had played a bigger role, but yeah. yeah. I'm, I was satisfied with Luxar, actually. Um, like, the idea of, like, the Great One. They're talking... Uh, they're talking about, like, this Great One, and, and the... And, actually, there's a lot of... There's a lot of almost Xeno Saga drops. Like, the uh, the Samarian ships look very much like uh, Abel's Ark. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. There's a couple of Xeno Saga references in Xenoblade. Like, for example, Sansa's final uh, Monado looks like Abel's Ark. Yeah. And uh, there's also... Um, Cosmos, the Cosmos outfit that Elma gets. Um, yeah. 
And like, uh, yeah. those are more those are more aesthetic, but I feel like the um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh I feel like that the I like the uh my whole argument about so my whole argument about like trying to tie Xenoblade into uh Xenosaga revolves around the, the Samarians actually. Um this idea so uh because I think that Xenoblade X is like Xenoblade 1's world like thousands of thousands of years in the future. There's a couple points but this isn't theory. Yeah, that was one of the uh theories. I think that there is substantial evidence for that theory even though it's pretty light it I mean, x doesn't have a lot of substantial content so when it comes mm-hmm. to its story so you have to make do what you can also uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think i read somewhere that i think it was the reclaimers like in the japanese version they were actually called testament yes really that's correct did not know that yeah. oh yeah yeah they and, changed the- and nintendo of america had to change it or something like that yeah they they did it was yeah and they also scales were dolls and yeah, yeah. Which is exactly what I think about the character models in Xenosaga One. They look like stuffed dolls. Ah, <laughs> uh, they yeah, they have that age. It's well. got the it's got the early PS2 potato faces. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's fine for they what got it be- is. They got, I they got think. better. I don't time. know. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just kind of biased, I guess, because you know Xenosaga One, I, I really like. So yeah, no, but, I, I like I like One a lot too. It's just a matter like the, I do like whenever I see like the the facial animation, like it looks very clear. Like, like the textures actually look better than Xenoblade 1, but it's just, like, it's just, they feel, like, they feel like dolls, feel like, basically. Well, if you go, if you go in, like, the ODM, because I'm bringing that up again, and, uh, <laughs> the ODM, it's got some scenes where it's just, like, frame by frame, you know, some of the, some of the drawings, and it's just, like, the drawings look so good, like, and, like, then, like, the, the 3D software rendering I, that they used is just like I, oh god why yeah I, yeah I, the art was amazing like some of the actual drawings i don't know but they, uh, it did not translate well i think it's kind of hiko tanaka's curse like he <laughs> i mean well they kind of did a better job with his designs in uh xenoblade chronicles 2 but x and xenosaw episode 1 they just didn't turn out as good as the artwork yeah I, I I like the uh, yeah like I like one's aesthetic, but that wasn't done by the same artist. I don't think one had an artist really, but uh, it, no, it didn't. I, 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 no. Like one has like one's art style is very like a paint like aesthetic kind of, um, and like that's you see a lot of that in the concept art, but that's also in the environment design as well. It's very kind of like it feels like a painty kind feel type feel. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I guess makes sense because if uh, painting is painting is a lot more like straight lines and like a little bit more jaggedy, so that would make sense for the Wii's hardware. So turning a weakness into yeah. a strength. Um, but yeah, but like X, like X does handle some topics like the Great One and like we're joking, like you guys were joking, like Vita is like the name of the PlayStation. But I think even in like in the PlayStation Vita's announcement, they said that Vita means life or something like that. Yeah, that was like the yeah, whole Vita's, thing. Yeah, uh... Life. I think it's a Spanish, right? Looking via translation yeah. to English. Uh, I see Italian. It's 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 yeah, one of, it's one of the romantic it's one of the romantic languages. Um, I mean, like, yeah, it, it it all like derives from like the same kind of thing. I think Spanish they spell it a little bit differently. I think it's with a D, but um, yeah, it looks like it's coming from, yes. from Italian. Well, well you have to you have to understand. Uh, the romantic languages are Portuguese. Uh, Romanian, uh, Italian, 
Span, uh, Spanish, I think. Uh, maybe I already mentioned that. Fran- French. Basically, those five languages, French, they all have very yeah. similar roots. So they're basically all... Well, that's what I just said. Like, they all kind of come from the same exactly, thing. Exactly. They so, all come from Latin. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and then two... Xenoblade, so yeah, so X... Like, it has more references than... Like, there's a... There's the there's the cathedral, and, like, there's the, uh, the girl who kind of, like, starts worshipping, like, the bringer of miracles, right? Um, yeah, and I, I've always like I've always liked that side quest because it gives you the like it lets you voice your own opinion on it because it's like what do you think like do you think about some like higher power and then like the choices you get are like you believe that there is like a higher power out there somewhere and then you can also deny it and of course I'm Catholic so I always agree to that but um I just think it's that kind of thing is super cool. <laughs> yeah, I like some of the like the dialogue choices don't really affect anything in X, but I do like how. It's they, the di- the dialogue options are set up. Yeah, they're all I like I I have some issues with how the the system is made, but the the, the execution on the options are super either like super interesting or super just super funny. Like uh, yeah, they're funny. Like there's the playing the, the saddest violin or smallest violin or something. Yeah, like I that I, for the I have that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or um the other one where uh the the manon is going around and it's like uh and she, he finds the girl in love and then he's like do you feel this feeling too? And one of the options that they could say is explain that you are cold and dead inside. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that's what I chose. And I was playing as a Cos- Cosmos <laughs> character. So I was like, yeah, that's what Cosmos would say. Yeah. The dialogue choices were really funny in X. People do not give that game. Yeah. X is some, X is some legitimately good humor. I think like, ta- like when people think X is humor, they think Tatsu, but like L was legitimately funny. Alex- oh, no, Alexa not. was leg- legitimately funny. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. what was the thing else said about the horse? He he had a line about uh he had a, I I I, yeah. I have to look it up. He had a <laughs> line about a horse, and I was just like, I heard that for the first time. I was like, what? Well, I know he uh, made that phrase. Ask was it ass caves or? Like, instead of asshole, he misinterpreted it as, like, ass cave or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yes. But yeah, I just, I didn't feel like it was, like, as much in the forefront, which is fine. Uh, Yeah. It's totally cool. And then... Just to kind of wrap this up, there's Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, which that, like, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has, like, a lot of references to, like, mythology, like, the world trees, probably a reference to the Yggdrasil. drill. I mean, there, there's, actually, like, a lot, there's a lot of mythology in, uh, like, X, I think, too, like, there's a lot of reference to Norse, but, um, uh, there's a lot, like, toward the end game, there's a lot of references to, like, Christian, like, monotheistic religion. Um, the, the three that, the major point I want to bring up is, um, the Trinity Core. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. So whenever people try to dissect this, they always seem to take it as the uh, as like taking each part individually. So Numa roughly mean it translated means like spirit or breath. Um, Antos means like logic or speech. Uh, no, uh, not Antos means being. Sorry, and Logos means logic or speech. Um, but uh-huh. the other way you could interpret it is so Numa represents the Holy Spirit, Logos represents Jesus, and Antos kind of represents the Holy Father. It's weird. 
Um, the ontos uh, means being, so or it can also translate to God roughly, but it's mostly used in like on, uh, the word is mostly used in like ontological arguments where like you try and like prove God is like the highest being in existence. Um, ontological arguments have been around for thousands of years. Um, uh, in the Japanese version, though, it uses the word oesia, um, which means uh, substance or essence. And basically, in Christianity, that is the uh, idea that the Holy Trinity is everything is same in essence and everything is balanced. Um, and it's weird that they use that as like the third core, because um, but. Yeah, I, t- I actually have the, uh, the the Greek definitions here. Uh, ontos is uh, more, it means like being that and which is, and oesia is to be and I am. Um, and the I am is, I actually want to bring attention to because um, whenever uh, I am is commonly used as a definition for God. So yeah, like in, the great I am. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've it's seen like that. I am who I am. That's, uh, it's referenced in the Gospels, it's referenced in Exodus, it's very much a. a central like it's a central part of understanding god is like this idea that i am yeah and then yeah so do you guys have any thoughts on that i didn't think of the trinity thing before but i should have yeah no i like Uh, it's like so obvious when you say it now it's like oh yes but Um, yeah, I always, I just kind of like, I was, I think I was too busy trying to figure out the connections to Xenoblade 1 to yeah. even think about that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, yeah. yeah. And like, there's also like, this is the first time it's in Xenosaga where like, they ref, like, they like kind of reference like this idea of like this character believing in this, like this higher, like classes like heavily implied to be like Christian. I think in the Japanese version he says like he's receiving retribution from God, but uh in the English version he says retribution from on high. Mm-hmm. I just find that interesting that like Klaus, like this God character in Xenoblade One could also be like this theist in two. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't and wasn't also like the architect referred to as God in the Japanese version? I think so. Not Which not I guess sure. it's I, I don't think know. So. Yeah. I don't know that one. Yeah, there was something about that because that was because I remember watching a video where um they were it was a while ago so I don't remember all of it but I was watching a video where they were breaking down the localization changes. And apparently, yeah. like yeah, and apparently there was something about that where it was it wasn't so much that they were trying to change the fact that it was like a deity, but they just kind of made it a little bit less obvious. Yeah, sure. that's I think I watched that same video, which I don't think is a bad thing per se especially Mm -hmm. in such like Mm -hmm. a religiously kind of um like divisive and also free country is like america or like the european countries or whatever i don't think it's a bad thing as long as you don't remove the content entirely Mm -hmm. right um but yeah and then uh the idea like this idea like um like there is like the it's it's even like chronicles 2 is the most christian like is definitely the most like pro-christian one i feel in the entire series Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, um, like relationship with God stuff ideas and um, well, the Trinity. It's all. Yeah, and that was kind of like the whole thing with it was was that um that was kind of the world where God was actually trying to help them. Yeah. And also, I find I, I do find it interesting how Logos is, or Malos is is representative of Jesus, and he's the main villain. 
But on the other hand, you also have the line where uh, Klaus mentions that it was representative of the ego of them of those who named him. If you remember that. Mm. Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the scene where uh, Malice first comes to the World Tree and he first meets Klaus when they're still all in shade, and he's like, "What's he like? Logos? What's it mean, Logos?" And Klaus responds with, "It means nothing. Uh, it is the representative of the ego of the ones who named you, which is possibly another reference to the ye shall be as gods' thing, because they thought they could as like they thought they were they could create these cores that could re- emulate the Trinity." Hmm. Um, yeah. There's also a bunch of proverbs here. Um, like, I'm just gonna open up. Like, uh, other things that happen in the world tree. Proverb uh, 8 and 9 is, um, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and reject not your mother's teaching. A graceful diadem will will, uh, will they be for your head, a torque for your neck. So basically it's saying, like, uh, hear your father's instruction, reject not your mother's teaching, and they will be, like, uh, ones who will protect you. Um, also, uh, Numa. Um, her inscription on her outfit uh, mm-hmm. is proverb, yeah, so, yeah. proverb, proverb yeah. chapter four verse eighteen. Um, is uh, but the path of the just is like shining light and grows in the brilliance till perfect day, which in the context where you first see that in the scene where it's like glowing and Numa is all like shiny green is perfect. <laughs> Um, and then the Trinity Core actually has a couple inscriptions, one for Logos and maybe one for Antos. The one for Logos is Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. Uh, verse 12 is, Hatred stirs up disputes, and but love covers up all offenses. So basically, like, don't hate, only love. And then um, Antos is chapter 3. Well, poss- this is, this is um, the Reddit thread that I found for this. Um, they were a little uncer- uncertain about this, but uh, uh-huh. on, uh, Antos c- is could be chapter 13 in verse uh, 13, which is... Let me get there. Uh, no, ch- uh, ch- no, sorry. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 is... Uh, happy the man who finds wisdom, uh, the man who gains understanding. So, that's just... A bunch of, and the proverbs are like ways to live like more morally in like union with God. That's like why they were written. So the fact that these like embody are written to embody like the different parts of the Aegises or the Trinity cores is very interesting, at least. Yeah, that, that is really interesting. I I haven't considered a lot of um, Xenoblade Two's. Like Christian themes, when yeah, I there's, first played it, but there's, there's a lot. I feel like there's definitely more like Christianity, and I feel like than Xenoblade One. Well, another thing is that um, the Japanese name for the Aegises roughly means something along the line of Holy Grail. Yes, oh. that was one of the things that they changed in translation. I remember reading yeah. about that. It feels kind of weird that they changed all that stuff for Xenoblade Two. Like, they didn't, like, quite change it, because Aegis is still, like, a mythological yeah, term. Yeah, it, it still makes sense. It, like I said before, it wasn't so much that they changed it, it, they just kind of modified it so that it's not as obvious and not as in your face which about it. Which, yeah. it's, it's like Deus all over again, though, and I don't really mind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of do that with 
yeah, a lot of that in Xenoblade too, like the like Pyra and Mithra. Um, their names are aren't they? I don't remember if they are more. Is that more Greek or? Uh, Pyramid. I I I never looked. I just know that they're like more stylized version of Homer and Hikari, which are their Japanese names. Yeah. Yeah, and then Poppy and Hana. Hana is flower in Japanese, and yeah. Poppy Hana's is a, Poppy is a tri- type of flower. So yeah. it's. It, I mean, I kind of feel like it seems unnecessary to do that, but at the same time, they basically mean the same thing so i would just not really i the only thing i would i would want is clarification on uh the difference between uh clarification on why they changed Antos to oesia because it just seems such a oesia is like such a because like oesia doesn't even like directly mean it just is the root of a word that means like the same in substance for the trinity um so it it just it strike like i didn't even know about this till last night and i'm just like why why did they change it but Oh, and I guess um, it's also worth mentioning um, that Elysium, uh, the Japanese word is Rakuen, which kind of translates to Eden or Paradise. Yeah, well, like, the, the story of Elysium is very clearly a reference to the Garden of Eden, like, they tell, mm-hmm. like, cast out yep, cast absolutely. out by their creator. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of references to that in Xenoblade 2, and while it's not quite as overt, it... It feels like they're getting more comfortable bringing that kind of content back into Xenoblade, which makes me really excited for their next project because they've yes. they've brought back the Zohar, they've brought back all these ideas. So, <laughs> where are they going from here? Yes, it's kind of weird that like Xenosaga, they didn't. It doesn't feel like they changed that much. Yeah, their localization. Yeah. Even though they did censor a lot of Xenosaga, they didn't really oh, yeah. change that part of it that much yeah, yeah. it's mostly the violence and albe- but but i don't understand how albedo cutting off his head with a knife to albedo ripping his head off is any different <laughs> right i feel like ripping his head off is kind of worse and just but i i like that that's like probably my favorite censorship yeah. of the same of the <laughs> series <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny, because, like, Namco, they recently did, like, a similar kind of censorship in one of the Tales games of Viseria. <gasps> oh, oh, Viseria. A, oh, yeah. Yeah, Viseria. Uh, so there's a scene early on where a little boy gets stabbed with, like, a sword, and then they change that to, like, the the guy does this weird magic move where he, like, sends a boy into the air, and then, like, these two, like, magic blades come and cut him. It's, like, it makes no sense. What? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah. Look it up. It was. Yeah, I don't think kinda, I fully processed that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would probably watch a video. It's it's yeah, weird. it's on YouTube. It's really ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, I mean that's that's where we are at this point. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a discussion. I'm happy. All time. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm, I, like, yeah. Super, I'm super happy about that. <laughs> Sorry, I talked for a lot of it, but I just have a no, lot, no, I have a lot no, to no, say. That's why you're here, man. We want to hear what you say. Yeah, yeah it's all worth it. I would, um, really I would mostly hear it. Listen, I'm really excited for you to get through Saga, though. Yeah, I'll. I think you're really you... gonna. I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Yeah, I'll keep you guys updated on that. Yes, I, I'd like to check your progress. Yeah, I'll probably. <laughs> I have a friend in Australia who um, is probably gonna play Saga Two around the same. We're probably gonna start around December, so. Uh, because Saga 2 was the only one released outside of North America and Japan. So dumb. Why so is that weird. a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but we're gonna we're gonna try and play that at the same pace. So that should be fun. 
Awesome. Yeah. I think I played the Saga games in the winter originally. It was like my freshman year of college, and I remember just playing it. I think it was around winter break. I just remember it like being really snowy outside, and then like playing Saga Three. <laughs> that's what I remember. That's a good. That's a good stuff. Like good weather fun. for Saga Three. Yeah, it, it really is. For, yeah. Well, just Saga in general. Yeah. But yeah. All right. All right. Well, are, there, are we ready to wrap? There's not. Oh, sorry. And I guess you could say like. Torna doesn't really have a ton of it, e- like either. It's very much a side story. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't really think. I can't really think. I see. Yeah, and that I was the thing that that was the it. kind of stuff that I was hoping that it would kind of elaborate on in Torna. They did a lot of like did. the religious corruption. Oh yeah, there's the entirety of Indol. <gasps> oh, Indol. Torna. Indol. There's Indol and Torna and all kinds of oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, Indol is very much like bringing back idea of organized religion and um i like how the i like how it's not that the 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 religion is bad it's just the people running it are bad yes yeah which i kind of wish they had gotten more into that but it kind of like felt like they kind of threw it in kind of like the conclusion to that at the end and yeah yeah like the like there was like this whole narrative and then like at the end of torna they were just like all right here's a bunch of these threads that connect it to the main game and i'm just like what do you think that Sorry, um, I was gonna say, like, you think that Amalthus is maybe even like uh, just another allusion to the Icarus story? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because he literally like yeah climbed the tree yeah. and got to He's God. climbing up the tree trying to get like yeah a- for, for yeah. certain for certain. Like again, this is um Xenoblade has actually kind of integrated the um the 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 second um idea of the you shall be as gods. Like the Xenogears and Xenosaga have you shall be as gods. Is like what happens when you get too close. But um, Xenoblade has kind of started, especially Xenoblade two and one. They um, there's like this uh, there's this classic phrase in the Bible that's also kind of Zen, where it's uh, talking about like the exalted shall be humbled and the humbled shall be exalted. Um, that's kind of like there's like a there's a second to that where like the people who try and fly too close and then the people who uh stay humble will be exalted in their own way. Um, that's obviously Shulk. Um, like he's like. He rejects being the the ultimate power, but he still has all this influence and such. So, yeah, huh. so much. I'm I'm sure we only covered the top. I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure we've just scraped the just top, the top of layer. The yeah, yeah. And like, there's so much you could talk about, like the uh, the conflicting I- ideologies of uh, Torna and Indol and. Like how like Indol is also like strangely militarized, which kind of sounds like the Crusades and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, this has been a, it's been good. Oh, go on. No, oh, it's been good. Um, yeah, yeah, this has been a really good discussion. Um, thank you very much for uh, both you and David for contributing to this episode because mm. I uh, definitely couldn't have done it without you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no problem. Yeah. And, and uh, for anyone listening, any questions, yeah. yeah. If you got any questions, just feel free to ask away. Yeah, and um, I do recommend people who listen at least try and check out Meeks' channel. Um, I'm not like 
endorsed or sponsored by Henneman anyway, but <laughs> he just he just makes really good stuff. And whenever new stuff comes out, uh, I'm always like super fascinated. Like um, I was I was really excited for this episode. I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna get to bring up the uh, the alchemical origins of Rubido and Negrito, and that that really hasn't been brought up. And then he makes this entire like hour long video about the symbolism. And the first thing that he, one of the first things he brings up is like the process of alchemy and stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because it actually says it in the database. Oh, really? All that stuff. Yeah, in the database, it just... It, it, you see, uh, Socket 3's database is very much its own resource as, like, the ODM or Perfect Works or anything that, mm. you know, people draw from. Yeah, sure. So, it's... once you get your hands on it, it's basically Wikipedia for the game before Sweet. Wikipedia yeah. was a thing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. there's nuts. actually what, wiki links in there. Wait, what, actually, when I uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you can like go into an article and there's like links at the bottom to link to other articles within oh, the article, and it's god, that's like words, words that are highlighted it, that you can like go into and. I love it. Okay, it's great. <laughs> yeah, when I when yeah when I bought episode three in high school, like I remember one time I woke up like at five a.m. before I went to school, and just for like an hour I played episode three. I I didn't do anything but read that database. That's all I did before school. It was it was great. Yeah, because it's a gr- like you can spend so much time, and then then there's the then there's the guides on top of that, and mm-hmm. it's just like oh, there's so much stuff. Yeah. And we're not kidding when we say it's long. Like you can straight up spend the first like one to three hours of the game just. And there. it's also. Uh, I would also be careful when you play it too, because it's also possible to complete the game and not a hundred percent the database as well. So. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'll probably just use a guide to make sure I get everything. All right. Yes. All right. Good, so, dis- good discussion. To... I had a lot of fun with this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so are we ready to wrap things up? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. uh, it's a little late now. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Try, let's try and get this under three hours. <laughs> yeah, we're getting pretty close. Um, all right. Um, well, that's uh, the end of the episode. Um, let's. Uh, is there any? Um, we'll just kind of go around if there's any social media or projects that you're working on. Because I know uh, you, Owen. You you actually have your own podcast. That's correct. Yes. So. Um... The people on my Discord, uh, my personal Discord, and I—we've created what's called the Quest Clear Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, and we'll soon be on like other podcasting sites as well. Um, we have Twitter at uh, at Quest Clear uh, Cast, and it's just called the Quest Clear Podcast. Um, we take requests for any discussions you want us to talk about. Um, a lot of fun. We just get around and just talk about stuff. The most recent thing that we did was just kind of go over Xenoblade One and X for three and a half hours. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, when you're when you get in a, pod, a discussion with me, we tend to go long. Um, I also have my own personal Twitter. Um, I'm at LegoDog2001. Um, typically, I'm just LegoDog2001 or Odog around the internet. Um, but my real name is Owen. I'm currently working also on a game project called Project Fire Hydra. Uh, project Fire Hydrant. Sorry. Um, I haven't really released too many details about it. Um, if you want information, it, it'll be my Twitter. But basically, it's a game project I'm working on. It's an RPG. I uh, hope to have a demo by early next year. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I also remember you mentioned you're going to have a like an episode with your priest. Yes, right? yes. Um, come, yes. Come, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, come January, I will be doing a uh, interview with my priest about Xenoblade specifically, about like how you oh, uh, wow. interpret different things. And he's actually the one who alerted me to the idea of, oh, it's that actually the Trinity and Logos means Jesus. And like, 
I should probably look into this because I was one of the people who had looked at each piece individually. So, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's about that's about all I got on my end. All right, I look forward to it. Cool. Um, okay, um, David, you can, uh, is there anything you'd like to? Uh, just mention? my Twitter. You can follow me. I just I just don't, I don't do much on it, but I repost a lot of you know art from you know various fan artists. So. But yeah, I'm at Trombonson. That's it. And okay. I'm not really involved in any projects or anything. I've done this okay. twice. That's fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You're, yeah, you're the first recurring guest. Yes. You're a great guest. Uh, okay, Justin? So there's actually not a whole lot going on with me. Um, I will be at Anime NYC. That is later this month takes place in obviously nyc so far Yay. away um, that should be and so far huh? away oh yeah um but yeah that should be a fun time um it's powered by crunchyroll if you happen to be in new jersey or new york i highly recommend checking it out um there should be a lot of, i think there's actually gonna be a ramen summit there i know they have one last year but if they have one this year i will totally go and eat some delicious Sounds ramen amazing. i'm starving right now <laughs> Now is that? But uh, yeah, uh, if if you happen to recognize me there, I don't know how. <laughs> feel free to say hi to me, <laughs> and I will say hi back. That, that was the same event you mentioned in the last uh, Zenimax Gears episode, right? No, no, that was actually a, a different one. So okay, here's what went down. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so last year there was Anime NYC, which is what they're having this year. Mm-hmm. Now I think. New York Comic Con wanted a piece of that pie, mm. so they started their own anime f- convention with um, Anime Expo. They collaborated and created a new convention called Anime Fest at NYCC X Anime Expo. Uh. And that was last month, during the same weekend as New York Comic Con. Uh. So yeah, there's there's two conventions, two anime conventions in New York. It's really confusing, <laughs> but yeah, it, that that's what's going on right now. So they're having two two events. Um, so if you're really into anime and you live in this area, conventions are up and coming. They're all over the place. There's also another one um, called DerpyCon that's in Jersey, and I believe that used to be about My Little Ponies, but now it's like branched off to all sorts of other anime. So that's also happening this month too. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to that yet, but it's happening. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully uh, I'll, we'll have this episode out so we can actually advertise for this for you. Yeah, right? Instead of, you know, always <laughs> posting this and then it's like, oh, it's already passed. Right. <laughs> um, all right. And then, yeah, I'm at Cosmos Chaos on Twitter and um, uh, there's not really much for me to to plug uh, i sometimes work on zeno projects but not so much lately and i'll leave it at that cool <laughs> all right well uh thanks again uh for all of you for joining me i really enjoyed our discussion um so thank you very much for uh being here tonight it's no problem man yep it was a lot of fun it was all right well you all have a good night thanks you too, for, for too. Okay. all right Take care, everyone.